This is the Prosperous Feminine Podcast with Julie Steelman. Julie shares uncommon wisdom on feminine ways of becoming fully resourced so you can help save our beautiful planet. Listen in if you want to heal your money story and do your part to birth a planet-forward consciousness. Hi everyone, I'm Julie Steelman and we are here today to talk about the Divine Feminine with a very, very special person that I've had the pleasure of knowing and she's been my mentor and my spiritual teacher for many years since the late 90s and it's a privilege to share space with her and be able to have this conversation about the Divine Feminine. When we talk about the Prosperous Feminine, we have to start with talking about the Divine Feminine because those of us who are really related to the Prosperous Feminine archetype highly identify with the Rising Feminine. So I wanna introduce you to Dr. Mary R. Holnick. She is a pioneer and worldwide leader in the field of spiritual psychology. And together with her, pres- her husband, Together with her husband, University President Dr. H. Ronald Holnick, she serves as University of Santa Monica's founding faculty and co-director designing the university's extraordinary curriculum and facilitating soul-centered programs in spiritual psychology. There's no question that Mary and her husband Ron are on the cutting edge of soul-centered awakening in consciousness. And I love their word choices because this is a very clear distinction about not just curating consciousness, but doing it in a way that's aligned with the soul. They have multiple books, Loyalty to Your Soul, which if you don't have it, I highly recommend that you get it. It's about the heart of spiritual psychology and how you can use it in your everyday life. Mary knows that for a long time, I've moved into a lifestyle of using the spiritual psychology tools in service to others, but also for my own personal growth. But even taking that into the world of business and entrepreneurship, where I'm leading with soul-centered intentions in making money, generating money and serving clients, and has really given me the context for having a mystical understanding about how the energy of money works. And Mary started off as a clinical psychologist, marriage and family therapist in the state of California, and she's maintained a private practice, which I have been one of the beneficiaries of for (laughs) multiple years going. And I think one of the biggest things that I want to say is Mary really resources and speaks from spirit's guidance to her and her words right on the energy of love. And so throughout this conversation that we're going to have, you can actually experience a healing and transformation about your understanding of the divine feminine. And that's why I wanted to introduce you and bring you in and have this conversation together, Mary. So welcome. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Julie. It's just a joy to be with you. You as well. So I wanted to dive in to start with the most obvious question, which is, where do you think we are in the development of human consciousness? Like it's a real question given the epic images and chaotic politics and the planetary degradation. We're really coming face to face with really wondering about our humanity. 
Well, to me, we're not only in a very challenging time, but we are in a time of great opportunity. And to me, so many of the situations and circumstances, including the pandemic, climate change, the economic challenges, the political divisiveness, etc., all of it I see as part of a spiritual convergence that is really designed and intended to assist people in waking up to the reality of their spiritual nature. And so adversity I do not see as a bad thing, but I see this also as the time of the greater awakening on the planet. This has been foretold for millennium, actually. And, and so while it's a very difficult time, it is such a time of sacred opportunity for coming into the remembrance of our essential loving nature and to choose to live life more in accordance with that. <sighs> I'm purring. <laughs> that is so beautifully said. And I want to also ask you a little about one of the things that's become very clear to me being a consistent University of Santa Monica student and using the principles and practices of spiritual psychology has given me a context for looking at things through what you call a lens of perception in spiritual curriculum. And one of the biggest ahas for me has been, yes, we're in the culture of the rising feminine, which I'm all for. And I think there's something for us to be aware and be conscious of, which is that does not include a put down of men or masculine energy or masculine systems. It includes that if we're really going to get somewhere in human consciousness and as a species is balancing masculine and feminine. Can you say a little bit about that and its importance? It's so important. And I think what's perhaps most uh, quintessential to understand is that we all have the divine feminine and the sacred masculine within us, regardless of our gender. And so the sacred masculine Really, the essence of that is uh, protection. There's a humility with it. There is a strength. And the masculine is really all about action. And so at its best, the masculine and feminine would cooperate in sacred activism. In other words, the sharing of mm -hmm. our gifts in a cooperative way a harmonious, uh, complementary way that would be to the benefit of all. The Divine Feminine, um, I think, is most expressed, most embodied through unconditional loving, through intuition and wisdom. The Feminine is more receptive. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's um, when you think of just the physiology of the masculine and the feminine, Women are designed to be receptive. Now, this does not preclude them from action and sacred action and sacred activism in the world. Uh, but it's this, 
we have both polarities. And from my point of view, it serves us to develop both. Yes, I agree. And the balanced action that comes with those being developed. I talk about women love to talk about prosperity and hate to talk about money. And it's almost the divide shows up right there in I'll do the feminine part. I don't want to do the masculine part or I'll do the energetic part, but I don't want to do the physical part because of the modeling that I've seen. And I don't want to be like that modeling. And that's part of what the prosperous feminine is about some truth telling around that so that we can actually move forward with a more integrated view of being able to work with the polarities, not be hung up in a paradox about it where we're making one wrong and fighting really hard to be only one portion or one portion of the dynamic. When the two together is, is more where we can be in whole divine knowing. Absolutely. Um, part of what I love about this particular time in the evolution of consciousness is that more people are awakening, more people are becoming aware that they are a spiritual being and that they came here with spiritual purpose. And that purpose, first and foremost, is to awaken to their essential loving nature. And as we awaken into our essential loving nature, there uh, we learn more about how to operate from within the spiritual context in physical world reality. And the spiritual context, uh, you know, has its, uh, really we have the opportunity to upgrade our operating system. <laughs> and rather than being driven by the ego, and falling into the duality of good, bad, right, wrong, the yeah. polarization, the great divide, as you express, we have the opportunity to come into the oneness, to elevate our, our perspective, and to recognize that we're not only here to heal certain issues that we took embodiment to heal, but we also are here to share our gifts. And so doing the inner work, from my point of view, is one of the great opportunities for all of us, whether we took a female form or masculine. Beautifully said and being very moved and touched by the energy of the wave of love that your words are riding on, but also the clarity and the word choices, which is always why I've been a big fan of the work you and Ron do in the University of Santa Monica and the inability to recontext as I think John Roger, who is our overall sort of spiritual mentor, the one behind infusing what you and Ron have really taken to another level is that it's really about mastering this level being workable and that this, what you've just expressed, is it's not workable when we're denying or we're making wrong one or another aspects of what's available here. And it's workable from a spiritual context. And that's fascinating, right? It's just, it's kind of fascinating. 
It's incredibly fascinating, Julie. <laughs> it continues to fascinate me after all these yes. years. And, yeah. you know, the work that we do, Julie, is really designed to assist people with their awakening, to assist them with issue resolution, but also to assist them in recognizing the innate gifts that they have, the creativity, um, whether their gifts are in the arts or the sciences, in business, it, or in the home, it doesn't really matter. What's important is that we share them. And I would say that one of the greatest gifts that women bring, not only is this intuition, the unconditional love, but there's such a need for the nurturance of the feminine at this time. The planet is in need of our nurturance and all of humanity can benefit from the cultivation of that consciousness of the divine feminine, the expression of the, the nurturance. Um, and again, I want to emphasize these are not qualities for women only, they are for all of us. They're for all of us and to learn from the polarities. Yes. So why do you think, given, I love what you just said about the nurturance, is there, why do you think the rise of the feminine is so present right now? Um, in, a, in a very real way, Julie, we're in crisis. We're in crisis, the human species, the planet. We're in a time of crisis. And so there's a need for a shift. And the um, shadow of the masculine has really been about power, status, control. Um, and of course, the shadow of the feminine has more to do with manipulation, deception, things of that nature. So it's important at this time that we shift from a goal line orientation, concern about results in physical world reality, to right. a soul line perspective that then can inform our action in physical world reality. And by soul line perspective, I mean a loving perspective a perspective that considers the highest good of all concerned rather than simply me. We need to move from the me to the we. And I think women, uh, the divine feminine, naturally has, uh, because of the expression of the feminine in child rearing, in family, in community, um, very often there's a great deal of caregiving that goes on, a lot of uh, loving, caring, and sharing. And so I, I think it's just essential. It has to occur. And also we need to listen to something beyond five-sense reality. We yeah. need to attune and listen to the voice of spirit uh, to the wisdom of the soul. And women come wired for wisdom. We come wired for wisdom. Uh, the, the womb is actually, in many traditions, considered an intuitive instrument. 
which mm. I think was fasc- it was fascinating to me when I realized that. But I think, Julie, it's like we, we've got to go beyond the mind, beyond five sense reality, into the multidimensional, into the spiritual context, and listen deeply to spirit's guidance. And I believe that the feminine is designed and equipped to do that, and that it's essential for our evolution at this time. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that there's a natural, and I and I have men in my life who have a healthy feminine developed in them, and I see some of the similar characteristics of this ability to have an attunement to the field, both at this, that simultaneous connection to the divine wisdom, as well as what's happening in the, like we're at Thanksgiving dinner and what's happening in the room with the dynamics of all the personalities and somehow knowing how to be both of those things and bring peace and nurturance and kind of being able to multitask energetically, you know, with the dynamics in the room. And I can see where we're in great need of that, of the taking attention off of the competitive, the, when the attention is on the self, there's almost a natural byproduct of competition in it, where it's, I'm doing this and there's no space for you in it, right? There's only, I'm only making space for me. I'm only concerned about space for me. And there's a lack of greater attunement to what's actually happening in the field, depending on what whatever environment you're in at the time. Yes, and and this relates very much, Julie, to what I was saying about moving from the me to the we. Yeah. So that we are considering humanity, we are considering the highest good, the choices that we're making now, how will they affect not only ourselves and our families, our communities, but globally, what is the impact? You know, I really hear that. I had this epiphany this weekend about I was leading an event about the prosperous feminine and activating it. And this thing dropped in about what we're actually in is egonomics. We're not in economics because eco means no destruction to the environment. And just a distinction to tell the truth about that we're not actually fulfilling an intention that we have to be non-destructive to the environment and to actually include it. And I love that you're actually naming some capacities that we can develop that would re-engineer our decision-making and our relationship to earth, even through the lens of, you know, a business or a teaching or, and sharing our gifts inside of that kind of a context, which eco then becomes for the highest good of all, which is a we idea versus egonomics is a me idea and more how the general congregation is operating if that makes any sense yes i love that distinction julie that is so <laughs> creative and really says it in a in an extraordinary way and there's uh, the gateway to all of this is really through the heart yeah it's really through the heart and there's such an opportunity for a softening. And I don't mean that as weakness, but a, an opening to the compassion, 
to the uh, I almost want to say the sweetness of the heart and one of the skills that I feel is the most helpful in this regard is the skill of listening of heart-centered listening and this can be developed by all of us this deep listening not only to ourselves and to our loved ones, our community, our co-workers, our family and friends, but the deep listening for Spirit's guidance, because that is really going to be the inspiration that will assist us in the creative solutions that are necessary to deal with the magnitude of the issues and challenges of this time. I agree with that. And I, you just put some naming to, you know, you know, I spend a lot of time with wildlife off the grid and in the bush and, you know, eye level and sitting with, and, you know, I'm not really, in most cases, I'm not separated by a vehicle. I'm actually in their environment. And I think it's that, I call it listening to the layers of a habitat, but I know that it's a divine presence and it's very much rooted in what you've taught us in the skills and capacities of developing the deep listening within the deep listening within the silence that I feel like we are way more than five senses. And I don't even know that I could name the level of sensory that the capacity for the heart actually has. And I find that I, the animals stop perceiving me as something different, that I'm having different experiences. I've had a cheetah come lay at my feet. You know, I've had a grizzly bear mama with four cubs eventually graze right by me and not even look at me as if I was a bush. And there's an attunement, there's, there's this transmission I don't call it animal communication because I don't want to anthropomorphize on, oh, the bear told me to X, Y, and Z. To me, that's not what this is about. This is about that I find that nature, especially wild animals, are already in their full expression of their entelechy. They don't wonder about their worthiness to eat or if their bum is too big, will they attract a mate? You know, they aren't in any of that. And so I find a reminder in that of what it's like to experience pure presence in its already fully realized state and coming back with the curiosity of that's how I know I'm experiencing that. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Oh, I love that you use the word presence because to me, this is what this is all about awakening awakening into the presence of love that we are into the presence of the being the spiritual being that we are and choosing to elevate our consciousness into that higher awareness into the soul's operating system that goes beyond five sense reality that includes intuition and direct knowing and comes more through a surrendered state. Mm. And I also appreciate what you're sharing about the experience you had in the bush of really being in loving resonance with these wild animals, with these creatures, 
and that in being in loving resonance with them, there was harmony. There was yeah. harmony. Yeah, there, there was. And there was also a, I think some of what we're missing in humanity is a respect for not only the spiritual essence that we are, but that we incarnated in a place that's already coded for abundance, prosperity, life-giving, nurturance, and the, sur the surrendering into that, you know, versus a trying to control that well, or mitigate or limit that. Yes. Um, you know, in, in response to that, Julie, it's like our natural state of being is abundant. It is loving. It is wise. That is our natural state of being. But we take embodiment with certain issues that we're here to really learn and grow through. Yeah. And as we learn and grow through them and we resolve them, then we see through soul-centered eyes, we come more into resonance with our hearts and our way of being. And um, not only are we wired for wisdom, but we can learn to utilize the principles, the spiritual principles for success in physical world reality. And there can be a much more dimensionalized definition of success beyond material wealth, that, that prosperity is surely part of it, but that it has to do with a way of being, a way of yeah. being and a way of life. And that way of being and way of life really has to do with loving, caring, and sharing. I love that you really contexted that because the sub, you know, the subtitle of the prosperous feminine is co-creating a thriving planet together. And it really is going to take that level of working from that for us to get there. But I do believe we are holding the keys for success in a workable solution and environment where we can recover in a consciousness of loving or come into reclamation or restoration of that, which is also right honoring of one's gifts in service to the whole and rebalancing inside of ourselves, I wouldn't be surprised to see a rebalancing of the planet if it's well, a mirror for us. You know that one of our principles is that outer experiences are reflection yes. of inner reality. <laughs> and so the work is really inside and yeah. Obviously, we support action in the world as well. Uh, each person yeah. doing what they can in their in their little corner of the universe. Um, yeah. There are so many opportunities for service, for assisting in um, the call at this time to serve humanity, to serve yeah. the environment to serve all of the life forms on the planet such that uh, we can restore this planet to health, well-being, and that we can live in harmony and love. We have, uh, we, we have so much opportunity, and of course, the uh, challenges are great.
the challenges are great. And I think in some ways I look at that as the, it being a very, it's very catalytic as well. If you're willing to see through opportunistic eyes. So you said something earlier about the shadow side of the feminine. And I kind of want to unpack that a little bit of, you know, what do you think are some common misunderstandings that there are about the feminine, the feminine energy that we can get hung up on or can become shadow expressions versus generative expressions? I think perhaps one of the biggest ones, Julie, is the emphasis on looks beauty, outer appearance. And so people can invest a great deal of their energy and resources having to do with their appearance. And as uh, I heard John Rogers say more than once, it's it's a stupid woman who doesn't use her femininity to her advantage. Um, nonetheless, I think sometimes there's just a neglect of the inner because there's a lack of awareness. There's a feeling like I have to um, make myself into something that will be attractive and appealing rather than recognizing uh, the opportunity to become fully embodied, to be the the being that you came to be, the the inner beauty and radiance, the love, the wisdom, the compassion, and to develop your gifts. And obviously, I don't believe in negating or not taking care of oneself physically or one's appearance. Right. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, I had an idea many, many years ago, Julie, probably it's almost 45 years ago, that I would have a school, and I would call it Mary's Finishing School. Because because I had so, I was surrounded by these beautiful young women who had no idea of their beauty, of their intelligence and their giftedness, and how they could mobilize that in service to creating Mm -hmm. a really beautiful life and making a beautiful contribution in the world. And I didn't mean a finishing school in terms of etiquette. I meant it in terms of helping them resolve the issues that they have and stand up more fully in the majesty of their soul and um, engage in life in a way that would be, um, what can I say, it would be a blessing for them and for all they know. I love when you use the word majesty, that always really touches me because I think there's a sovereignty piece of that. And a lot of times I think for women, almost all of it is about a self-sovereignty game, you know, and mastery ship, whether it's looks or it's money or it's health or it's legacy is a stepping out of conditioned mind into, you know, John Roger talks about check everything out for yourself. Don't buy everything I'm saying. You check it out. And us really having a capacity to filter where I think what it does is empower you to revere your own knowing over outside influences. 
Yes, so that you no longer defer or are submissive, that you yes. have cultivated the inner connection to higher consciousness, to your own inner guidance and knowing. And so you do check things out and you listen inside. You were asking me about the shadow side of the feminine. Yeah. I think two of the qualities, and I did allude to them earlier, that are challenging are manipulation and deception. I think very often people have life experiences and conditioning where they learn to manipulate in order to get their way and get what they want. And I think also it's like who I am is not enough, so I need to create levels of self-deception in order to somehow uh, appear worthy or appear whatever image it is that I wish to project. I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said and something for people to actually actively take on as a challenge to unpack. I find that one of my gifts is truth telling to women about finances and financial and revenue and those scenarios where they're actually not really orienting or structuring things in a way where they could actually win and their worthiness or unworthy perception of unworthiness shows up in all of that like a data point of profit margin is almost directly related to self-worthiness pricing ends up being a scale of where do i look like i'm too big for my britches and where am I giving too much away? And it ends up being that internal spectrum on which it's built versus coming from when we talk about our gifts, you know, the self-deception shows up as a lack of owning one's gifts. Yes, yes, it can be that. And what you were saying is very interesting, Julie, this whole matter of the confusion of self-worth with net worth. Yes, yes. And also because I feel inside I've misidentified myself as unworthy. Therefore, I uh, undersell myself. I undervalue my contributions. I have questions or judgments having to do with what I deserve yeah. and what I can create. And yeah. so... This, this letting go of the misidentification and the illusion that I am unworthy. We are inherently worthy. And as you and I have spoken about in the past, yes. Julie, <laughs> it's like we're worthy beyond measure. And yeah. so, so much of the work that we do here at the university is really designed to assist people in the remembrance of that inherent worthiness, that the the true self inside could metaphorically be considered as inner gold, the inner gold of the divine, and that we have uh, this incredible uh, golden chalice of the being that we are, and that that chalice is a receptacle through which spirit can pour its 
wisdom, its gifts, its creative inspiration, its joy, its majesty, its grace, its healing power, whatever, um, whatever yes. it is that's in harmony with the soul essence and the soul purpose for which each one came. And I think that is so well said that that any inner unworthiness kind of is the static and stagnation on the channel through which the divine communicates and connects with us. We, ha we have the joke of here at University of Santa Monica talking about, are you tuned to, you know, K-Love, the radio station? <laughs> are, you turned, are you tuned to K-Disruption, you know, inner disturbance <laughs> channel? And, and as you know, I've had plenty of those moments of my own. And that there's something really potent in what you're saying about how the shadow side of the feminine, even inner manipulation, inner denial and self-deception in a, I think a lot of times it shows up in a wanting to belong or a wanting to not disturb others. There's almost too much attention on like if I out earn my husband or my dad will think I'm too big for my britches. As a woman, I, he doesn't see me as sh should show up like that because it doesn't fit his model. I'm just making this up, but right. Those are the inner games we get in with this. Well, and Julie, it's uh, belief systems are so important to bring into the light to help us, to help people, help women and men in their exploration of their, their beliefs and the limitation and restriction associated with them so that we can let those go. And how do we let them go? We let them go really through having compassion for ourselves, realizing that we did the best we could at the time, that it's understandable that we took on that conditioning, but we can forgive ourselves for buying into those misunderstandings, misidentifications, misbeliefs. And in so doing, we liberate ourselves to reside in the wholeness and holiness, the majesty of the being that we are. And uh, I'm thinking right now of a, uh, a woman who went through the program some years ago. I think you probably know her, Julie, but she was in sales. And she began utilizing what she was learning at USM <laughs> in her sales work. And uh, she became the star in her company, which was a national company. It was large. And the uh, owners of the company came to her and said, what are you doing? Yeah. And she began to share with them and they asked her to share with the others in her company. And it was incredibly liberating and transforming for her, for her yeah. work. And so these things do have a correlation with physical world reality. Yeah. I think 
when there was a time when University of Santa Monica was offering master's degree in spiritual psychology and we could also get an additional third year of emphasis in consciousness, health and healing. And I am one of the feel like one of the privileged ones who hold that distinct distinction of a master's degree. And that's no longer available in that form for a lot of really good reasons and being able to take the material into a level of consciousness without the you know, overarching need to fulfill a state's requirements that would limit, if I'm saying this correctly, you know, what's really available here in terms of the work that, yes. that you are offering. Yes. Well, and there has been so much freedom in being released from the academic form. Yes. And I, I'm grateful. And for students too. <laughs> yes. And I'm I'm grateful for all those years and all the students yeah. that completed that. But now our programs, uh, our certificate programs, people come. They have the experience of the work in the weekend. We do provide a lot of practices that people are able to integrate into their everyday lives and their way of being. So there, as people progress over the uh, course of a program, there is a healing, there is awakening and transformation. And yeah. it's, uh, I would say that work has only gone deeper and higher, truly. Yeah, and as we know with the COVIDian era going online, it didn't it strengthened and harmonized and unified it even more even though we'd been gathering in person for so long and i just everyone that's listening i really want to encourage you to be to go to university of santa monica.edu and get on the mailing list there are ongoing community events like an upcoming one is that you know an annual feast of gratitude there's the loving energy that you can get exposed to is not, not like anything else. And even in hearing this conversation with Mary, I'm sure your heart has already opened up and you feel that enlightenment coming in and the way things are languaged and contexted that give you a whole different understanding. And uh, ever since I've come into the programs, I've lived my life this way. And we're, we're, I'm already, what, how many years in? From 19, <laughs> 1998, you know, to now. And I, I keep leaning in and using it. And I can't say enough about how the quality of my life is completely different. As a result, whether you want to read one of their books or get involved in the programs, which I recommend, they're just so beautifully designed. And Mary really uses that deep inner listening of the feminine she was referring to earlier to really bring forth the kind of curriculum that is game changing and life enhancing and soul affirming that you're not gonna find anywhere else in the world. And the container in which it all happens in and of itself is is healing grace just by design i can't say enough about it and a lot of there really isn't words for it other than if you're called to it just do it <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much julie I, it is yeah. it is an extraordinary experience to be a part of um the usm community the educational community to partake of the work to experience 
how these tools and practices work in action and how the spiritual context really is such a dramatic change, game changer for everyone. Everything, everything. So as we wrap up, I just want to ask you one last question is like, what are you excited about and what do you see as the opportunities and possibilities for a future we could all co-create together? Oh my gosh, Julie, to me, I find this time, though challenging in certain regards, very exciting. In the classroom, I find the students have an even higher level of readiness and willingness to engage mm. in the work. We had a three-day event for new people right at the beginning of September, and it was extraordinary to me the depth of the work that they did, and as a result, the level of elevation. So, you know, what can I say, Julie? My ideal scene really is, yes, I recognize that Earth is a school and that yeah. we all have our own unique curriculum. And at the same time, in the greater awakening that's taking place, I see the opportunity for us to learn to live in what we might call heaven on earth, where we would all be awake to love and have that awareness of the we and the highest good of all concern, and that there would be conscious intentionality to live the loving, um, to serve ourselves, to serve each other, and for us to live in harmony and peace. I just want to pause for a moment of integration on that one. <laughs> There's not much more to say after that. I am with you on the optimism track of this. The breakdown is a catalyzation of an opportunity and it's our choice whether we take it or not. Absolutely. And so with that, thank you so much for being here and gracing us with your presence and your wisdom and your articulation and just the healing grace that comes from the way that you speak and all of the team members who've been holding us in, in this sacred container that we've created here. And may that all just radiate out in loving service for the highest good of all concerned. Thanks for listening to the Prosperous Feminine Podcast with Julie Steelman. If you love what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.